The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shiel Kapadia joined by Ben Solak. Eagles escape with a 17-16 victory. I think that was the score. In Indianapolis to improve to 9-1. Ben, before you even offer thought on this game, I'm going to give you two competing views of this Eagles game from two made-up Eagles fans. We'll call the first guy Daryl. Okay, Daryl says, if you'd have told me this morning Eagles were going to win, Giants were going to lose... Vikings were going to lose? Come on. That's a great Sunday. It's a long season. Not every game's going to be pretty. They come back from a double-digit deficit in the fourth quarter. They're 9-1. Everyone take a deep breath in Andy Reid's words back in the day. Enjoy the win, man. All right, so that's Daryl. Take Daryl in, okay? Uh, Then you got Maurice. Maurice has a different view here. Classic. Maurice says, give me a break with this team. You know, he saw someone tweet, they almost lost to a team coached by the guy who was on first take two weeks ago. This team was a, was a paper tiger through their first, uh, what, 8 no start. You get one game to screw up. They screwed up last week against uh, the Washington Commanders on Monday night. But now they come back, and this is what they give you? They should have lost this game. They get lucky in the fourth quarter. Did you see what the Cowboys did today? Ugh, I am not feeling good about the second half of the season and this team as a Super Bowl contender. All right. Are you, are you more Daryl? Are you more Maurice? Are you just Ben and you don't want to participate in the exercise? And just tell me what you think. You can do that too. I'm, Go ahead. I'm, in, the, I'm in the middle. <laughs> Of, of Daryl and Maurice. I'm probably a little bit closer to Maurice. You and I, I okay. think, both expected them to come out kind of with a statement win. And the fact that they won is very good news. The Eagles were down by 10 in the fourth quarter, right? Trailing multiple scores in the fourth. If you've listened to the show regularly, you know the number one thing I've talked about, you've talked about it a ton as well, is like, what does the team look like when they're down? What do they look like when they're punched in the mouth? And did they, you know, rip out three high-powered scoring drives and take control of the game? No. But they kept their wits about them, kept it within one score, critical goal line stop from the defense, keeping it a six-point game instead of a three-point game, right? And then, uh, uh, especially with, with the Jonathan Taylor fumble into A.J. Brown fumble sequence, in terms of mental toughness, that fumble to fumble can break a lot of teams, right? Defense got to go back on the field and go get another stop. And then they get into the, into the red zone on a third and three completion. Like, oh my God, like that's just, that's very damaging. That's hard to get back from. The fact that they survive that, keep it a six point game, offense gets on the field, converts on a fourth down, punches it in on third and goal after they'd had red zone issues in this game. Like all of that, awesome. So the fact that they won it, great. It's a very, very, very good sign. It was an important thing for me to see from this team. It really makes me feel good. 
the fact that they scored 17 points against the Colts, I don't like that as much. <laughs> that's 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 a concerning thing. It's been, I think, back-to-back disappointing offensive performances. I think defensive pretty solid in this game, um, but offensively they're they're in a a, a weird spot. You know, uh, uh, it feels like defenses have caught up to the shtick. It really does in terms of what the Eagles' pass concepts are, what calls they like, and what down and distances. You know, like it's every time the Eagles want to hit a little RPO flat, somebody the Colts are just waiting right there. Every time they got to third and long, the Colts are blitzing and they're watching for the screen. Like it just felt like this team who like, I don't even really know who's coaching this team and who's making decisions. It felt like they were pretty keyed in on, 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 on the Eagles tendencies. And as we've been talking about, it's a pretty simple offense. So once you know it, it, it doesn't have a lot in terms of changeups. And so that's, that's where I, I end up a little bit towards Maurice where I'm just like, all right, like, I need to see a next evolution of this offense soon. Cause I'm worried right now that they're kind of defenses have got, I've gotten wise to the game and I don't know what comes next. I'm surprised you remembered his name there at the end, at the end of that. Maurice. We talked last week's pod. We're not good at remembering names. So I tried to put forth effort to these hypothetical individuals. There you go. Uh, I wrote, I wrote down in my notes, predictability also. And it was what, like a month ago, six weeks ago, there was a point where I was going, you know what? They, I forget what game it was. I was like, they won this game, but it felt like the opponent sort of had a bead on what they were doing. And it certainly felt that way watching live. It'll be interesting to see if it felt that way watching the film. And so I think you had a, a few things going on. That was one. Two, not having Dallas Goddard. We knew it was going to be a big deal not having Dallas Goddard, not having someone who can just solve problems. And, you know, I don't have like a strong opinion about in, in this way and in this way and in this way. Uh, they missed Dallas Goddard, but obviously they missed Dallas Goddard. I mean, I mean, that was just obvious not having him as part of the pass game or the run game. So, yeah, they were down 13-3. Entering the fourth, the stat, the, the nugget circulating first time since 2010 that they came back from double digits in the fourth quarter, which is wild. The Deshaun Jackson, uh, Michael Vick game at the Meadowlands. Uh, that was the last time that they did this. So they won the game. They're nine and one, but certainly there are some concerns. So let's get to some key moments. Okay. The, the comeback, let's start with the comeback and then maybe we can just work our way backwards. Mm-hmm. So, Fourth quarter, they put together two touchdown drives. The last touchdown drive, uh, 11 plays, 75 yards. They get the 39-yard defensive pass interference penalty with the heave to Miles Sanders down the right sideline. They get to the Indianapolis 28 with 338 left. They run the ball nine straight times to end the possession. There's some weirdness in there. There's a Boston Scott run on third and four. There's a fourth and two where they come out and they line up in this like fake quarterback sneak formation. Very odd. And then use a timeout when uh, the Colts don't jump offsides. I don't really know what was going on there. And then finally, Jalen Hurts runs untouched to the end zone for a seven-yard touchdown that ends up being the game winner. What stood out to you from that last drive there and some of those, some of those, the weirdness that I was just sharing from it? Yeah, I got I got yelled at for my opinion on this drive, so I'm curious what you think. Uh, Eagles get the ball back, 4:37 on the clock, first and ten from the Eagles 25, 75 yards to go. Uh, the Eagles at this time have two timeouts. The Colts have three timeouts. The Eagles are down by six, 10 to 16. Uh, they uh, go uh, incompletion, right? They try to run a little play action sale when they were common concept. The Colts are all over it. They get unblocked pressure. Hurts us to throw it away. Second Brown, th- uh, second down throw to AJ Brown, third and two, and then on third and two they get the the bomb to Miles Sanders defensive pass interference. Zayer Franklin just <laughs> no idea what's going on, and they get first and a 10 great play according to the announcing team. Yeah, Charles Davis is like man, he saved the touchdown. Are you watching the football game? Anyway, first and ten from the twenty-eight, three thirty-eight left. Uh, the Eagles go uh, handoff to Miles Sanders for six yards. No huddle, handoff to Miles Sanders for five yards. No huddle handoff to Boston Scott uh, for three yards. He goes out of bounds. Then Boston Scott again for three yards, second and seven. Third and four, Boston Scott carry for two yards. Two-minute warning, fake play. Then the Jalen Hurts kind of shotgun run for two yards to pick it up first and goal from the six. I uh, And then the, the next following play is Miles Sanders handoff on his own read look. Miles San- uh, Jalen Hurts keep on his own read look. And then Jalen Hurts on the QB draw. I said that this drive, was, uh, it, was it was good that they won. But it was pretty indicative that they did not feel comfortable having Jalen Hurts drop back and pass. The moment they got to a spot where they didn't need to throw the football, 
handoff, handoff, handoff. These were not RPOs. They were called handoffs. People got very upset with me, saying, well, obviously they're running four-minute offense. Obviously they're trying to eat the clock. They were not trying to eat the clock. They're running no huddle. They're snapping the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock. This was this like, it's a four-minute drive. You run a four-minute drive when you're leading. They were not down one burning time before they kicked the field goal. They were down six points. They needed the end zone. They're on the Colts 28-yard line. They start handing the football off. And Jalen Hurts played a good game. He, he was, he was at, Jalen Hurts played, played a okay game. Hurts was very accurate. He threw the ball extremely well. Devontae Smith on the sideline. Quez Watkins touchdown, great throw. He was accurate in this game. Decision-wise, he very much struggled in this game. Uh, he was constantly keeping the balls on, on, on reads that were uh, 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 give it to the running back. He was giving the ball to the back on reads that were keep it and throw it. The Colts are kind of scrape exchanging and blitzing off the edge. The Colts are very keyed in on, on where the Eagles are going to run their RPOs, behind whom they were going to run them. They were adding extra bodies, and Hurts was really struggling to interpret it. In the pocket, the Colts were making him very uncomfortable, blitzing him on third downs. He was, he was leaving good pockets, dropping his eyes. It was not a good Hurts game in terms of decision and in terms of pocket management. And so the Eagles have 430 left. You need six. You scored 10 total points in this game. Your offense has not worked. And they get a 40-yard a, a uh, DPI, right? They could have been in fourth and two. They get a 40-yard DPI and immediately go handoff run when the, the running game had not been good. I thought the, the end of game drive was extremely telling from the Eagles. That was the, the, we need to be a run team, a handoff team, a quarterback run team in order to score this ball. We cannot have Jalen Hurts drop back and pass. They did not allow him to do it from the moment they got uh, across the 50-yard line. I found that extremely telling as to the trust they had in him in terms of how he was playing in this game. I do not agree that they were trying to run out the clock. I think that's part of it. Like Once you get, you get past fourth and two, now it's first and goal from the six, right? Minute 34 left, you run, and you have six a timeout. Once you get to first and goal from the six, I think, yeah, so it's become a let's, let's play the clock situation. But up until then, absolutely not. Uh, I think that they were very clearly thought we need to be a four down team, four four downs to get a first down team. We need to be a run the football team. We do not want Hurts dropping back. And I think that was an important thing to see because you cannot tell me that with this Colts offense on the other sideline, Matt Ryan with this offensive line on the other sideline, that any team with with like a, a top two, top three tier quarterback is running the football. Vikings ain't running the ball in this situation with Kirk Cousins a quarterback. Raiders ain't doing it with Derek Carr. You know, let alone Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. They ain't running the football like this. The Eagles are. Uh, I think I disagree with you on a couple things there. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but I, I feel like the goal there is just to score a touchdown. And so call whatever plays you think give yourself the best chance to score a touchdown. I, that's what I'm saying they did. Right, but, the, but, but then you're comparing it to Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. Those teams don't have a quarterback who can run the football and is as good in the run game as Jalen Hurts is and can kind of make things happen in the offensive the first, line. The first running play for Jalen Hurts was fourth and two. They had, four, okay, but he, they had four called handoffs, not read options, not RPOs, before they, they gave the ball to Jalen Hurts on fourth. Okay, that, that, that's fine. But, I mean, they're, they're a top five rushing efficiency team. In the NFL, we've seen them close out games with these drives where they run the ball eight or nine times. In this situation, time is not a factor in, in the sense that you need to throw the ball because you're afraid you're going to run out of time. You're not afraid you're going to run out of time here. I hear what you're saying. They're, they're uh, snapping the ball with whatever you said it was on the play clock. I didn't go back and look at that, but it's like if the clock is running in between snaps, that's fine in this situation. That's a bonus in this situation because you are there to score and not give the other team uh, the time that they need to come back and win. Now, I hear what you're saying. They weren't exactly doing that because they were snapping the ball. But to me, it's you call the plays that you need to win the game. And if yeah. they felt like, yeah, so they felt like the run game was working for them. And this, yes, this that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's, I, I don't think that's, that's well, it's, it's the framing of it. So I feel like that, you're saying- You think that's not at all an indictment on Jalen Hurts at all? It's a matter of looking at the offense and saying, what gives us the best chance to score a touchdown right now? We're going to lean on a run game because we feel like that gives us the best chance to win the game right now. I mean, yeah, if you had, you're, you're right. I mean, if you had Tom Brady, you wouldn't do that. But every team is different. Every offense is different. His skill set uh, is different. Their strengths are different. Their offensive line, uh, their run game is more efficient. So I don't, you know, like if there was, if there was less time left, then you don't have the option and he would have been passing the ball. Like he's had drives where he's had to pass the ball a lot this year, not in this specific situation, but that has more to do with game script. So, uh, I would disagree. I understand where you're coming from. And I, I guess it could be, yeah, the framing of it, whether if I just say 
the run, they felt like the run game was their strength and that's why they were running the ball. That's one thing you could say they didn't trust their passing game and that's why they were running it. It's not that far off those two statements, but I didn't see it as any big indication of what they thought about Jalen Hurts in this passing game. And on the game, so I can't filter for the last drive, but on the game, Miles Sanders, negative 0.24 EPA per rush. Boston Scott, negative 0.24 EPA per rush. Kenny Gamewell, negative 1.15 EPA per rush. This is against a top five defense. Running game was not working in this game. Like you you say, overall, their offense is is a very good run team, right? They've had these great end of game drives where they've run the football. I, I definitely want to iterate. I think they did the correct thing in terms of scoring a touchdown. I just think it's very telling that for the Eagles, the correct thing for scoring a touchdown is running the ball on a day they have not run the ball well in terms of handoffs. Hertz has run the ball well in QB draws. They eventually score on a wonderfully designed QB draw, by the way. Very cool design. Uh, so, But in terms of pure handoffs, they're not running the ball well today against a very good run defense. I think the fact that, that, that they decided, hey, we haven't run the ball well at all today. We're facing a very good run defense. Well, they weren't really doing anything good for most of the day. I mean, it wasn't just that they weren't running the ball well. I mean, they weren't exactly lighting it up in the passing yeah. game. You and I are agreeing. Okay. We Yeah. I, I just think that, that this is a very important thing to see about Jalen Hurts. Like what? All right. So they had four and a half minutes left and two timeouts down six. How do they behave with three and a half minutes and two timeouts left down six? You going to keep running the ball? Like this, this was a, I, again, the, the thing that stands out to me is that for every other playoff offense, this is past the whole time. This is there. There's there. Maybe they call the Niners call a draw once. Nope. Nope. Nobody else. Oh, I don't know about that. The Niners with four and a half minutes left. Kyle Shanahan is saying Jimmy G is not going to lose this game for me. Do you, everybody else is touching the ball before him. Come on. They are not passing the ball. I don't know. We can go back and look at Niners games where they had four minutes left and win this same situation. I do not believe that for a second. They, they absolutely, he, in fact, he would have done exactly what the Eagles would have done. Yes. 100%. But the thing is, once you do that, you're, you're saying this is the last drive we're going to touch the football, especially if you take the timeout on fourth and two, which I thought was a shocking decision. If you're throwing the football with two timeouts ahead of the two-minute warning and you don't score, you lose on fourth and two, you, you fail to convert, you can still stop, stop, and get the ball back with a minute left. You have no timeouts, but you have a minute left. It's an absolutely functional drive in terms of getting down the field, taking some shots into, into, the, into the end zone. Like, it's just they, they the Eagles, the, from the second they got that DPI call, did not behave the way other teams behave in this context when they have quarterbacks they trust. I, I like that. That to me is 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 irrefutable. They were not. It was not an eight clock plan. They were down by six. They were snapping the ball with twenty seconds left. They were going no huddle. It was, it was not eight clock. That to me is a, is a myth. This was our best chance to win is to be a hurry up run team, and that is not true of, in my opinion, any other team with like a playoff caliber offense. Which I think it speaks to where they think they are with Hurts in terms of their dropback passing game, at the very least in this game against the Colts. It wasn't eat clock, but it was a the clock is not our. Uh, we are not worried about the clock, and and also, I mean, they started shifting into this mode once they were at the Colts twenty eight. So I hear what you're saying. Normally. You start that drive and you want to go fast because like you said, if you don't get it, you want another chance. You're, you're trailing. You want another chance to score. But once they shifted into this mode was once they got 28 yards away with three minutes and 38 seconds left. So I think at that point, they were, they were probably, it's probably a hard decision whether to know, do we go fast here? Do we go slow here? When do we start going slow? How close mm-hmm. do we have to be before we start going slow? And so I, and they were probably caught in between there. And I don't know, I, I would have to look yeah. and that's more the closely. Last- that's the last note of it is that the uh, they end up giving the ball back to the Colts a minute 20 left with one timeout the Colts end up having, which to get a field goal, that's an eternity. A minute 20 with a timeout is an hour to go get into, into long field goal range potentially win that game. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even like, like I, I think if you're like really oriented on let's make sure this is the last drive, you aren't snapping the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock when it's three and a half minutes left. They snapped the ball before the two minute warning on third and four. They could have taken it down to the two-minute warning. And instead, they chose to snap it before the two-minute warning on third and four. I, I, I do not think they started thinking about the clock until they got the fourth and two. And yeah, no, I, right. yeah, I mean, I, I would be curious to hear what he says about that. I think this, this would, to me, represent sort of an in-between area where there's not one right way to do it, to, to go no huddle and just go as fast as you can because you want to get the cl- ball back and also to just bleed the clock down as long as possible and make sure the opponent has no time left. I mean, I didn't have a big issue with how they used the clock or didn't use the clock in that drive because I think that's probably a more tricky one than most of them. I didn't understand 
what they were doing with the fourth. And I don't know why you come out in the quarterback sneak formation on fourth and two and then use a timeout. I mean, that was a spot where I was thinking kind of what you're saying, like in an emergency situation where you don't score, you are going to want to have that timeout. If yeah. you're forcing the, the second they took that timeout, they said, OK, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're not, not thinking we're, about getting the ball. We're back. not getting yeah. an extra drive. If they had failed to convert that fourth and two yeah. after taking the timeout, they're not getting the ball back. If they had kept that timeout and not converted the fourth and two, they were getting the ball back. That was a decision to not get the ball back if they failed, which is, is bad time management. It, yeah, they escape so. and they're fine, but it's bad time management. Yeah, unless there's a, unless there's some explanation that I'm not aware of, we'll come back in the midweek show and if we see see one where we say, oh, that's because that happens sometimes. Right after the game, I'm going, what were you, what in the world were they doing here? And then Tuesday rolls around and someone explains it to me. No, this is what yeah, they're yeah, right. doing here. So if that's a situation, then we'll come back. But I felt the same way. All right, I think we uh, agree on some of it, but I do think we we did disagree on what it showed big picture so i'm curious to hear what the audience thought about that uh the design you said you liked it is it, is it what they were showing on the broadcast there where he's not following uh kelsey on the exactly. quarterback draw so yeah, when they've been nice. calling right when they've been calling quarterback draw it's fan protection right spread out this line make sure there's an alleyway up the middle and explain then that goes, fan protect fan protection yeah you're just fanning out that line you 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 the quarterback, you make sure there's an alley up the middle, center goes up the middle, running back goes up the middle as a lead blocker, quarterback goes up the middle. What they did on this one is they showed the fold block that they run on inside zone all the time. This is so cool. Where When they run inside zone with the back, instead of having like Kelsey try to, to, to scoop that player in front of Isaac Samalo or Landon Dickerson, try to get in front of that defensive tackle so that the guard can climb to the second level, they just have the guard slam into the defensive tackle. Kelsey goes behind the guard and then he leads to the second level. So the Eagles do this all the time with Kelsey, just folding the block, right? Just guard's going to take Kelsey's job. Kelsey's going to go underneath. He can lead. We love Kelsey leading. So they fold Samalu. They 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 show Kelsey going upfield. Uh, Hertz shows potentially giving the ball to Boston Scott. You can see that, that there's like that horizontal pull. It pulls the, the middle linebacker away from the middle of the field. And then Kelsey and Scott both immediately get right back upfield. Hertz goes and it's a, it's a massive... Uh, uh, alleyway. So if you're sitting there thinking like, man, Eagles run a QB draw all day. Like, how do the Colts not know this is coming? It's because it looked different this time than it did the other times. It, they showed that little fold block. Colts said, oh, I've seen this a thousand times. He's giving it to the back and he was not. Very nice design. That was great. Yep. He, he was not touched, walked right into the end zone. They did. How many quarterback draws did they run today? My gosh, it felt like there was at least yeah, like huge six. QB run game for them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, all right, we'll come, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this game. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! All right, we are back. So that was the last drive. Now, they had a drive before that, the second-to-last touchdown drive, which if you want to like take the opposite angle here and be like, man, Hurts put the team on his back. I mean, he yeah. made two great plays on that drive. One was the scramble for 23 yards, and the other he hits Quez Watkins for a 22-yard touchdown. So that was only a five-play, 60-yard drive. Those two plays make up 45 yards there, and that kind of put them in position to win this game. So overall... Not a good offensive game. No, it, it was ugly for most of the day. 314 yards of offense, 18 first downs, two turnovers. If you look at EPA per drive, this was their worst offensive performance of the entire season. And if you're more like uh, Maurice, 
Well, last week was their third worst offensive performance of the season. So that's two in a row that are among their worst three offensive performances of the entire season. And it's not just the turnovers. I thought this was interesting to look at because they had two turnovers and that's going to be have a huge impact on EPA. But uh, I've mentioned success rate on here before, which is just like the percentage of your plays that were uh, positives. This was their second worst success rate of any game this season. So 10 drives four punts, two turnovers, two touchdowns, one field goal, one turnover on downs. Jalen Hurts finishes 18 for 25, 190 yards and a touchdown, three sacks. But as Ben just mentioned, big Jalen Hurts run game. Just when it felt like, oh, you know, they're not using Jalen Hurts as much as a runner anymore. He comes in and runs 16 times for 86 yards and a touchdown. So was there anything else that stuck out to you with the offensive performance other than what you mentioned at the top or felt like the Colts had a good play? I actually wanted to ask you more about, and I don't know how much of this you could tell off the TV copy, but the Colts plan for kind of the the option run game because that really uh, stuck out where, yeah, there were times where Jalen Hurts didn't know, give, keep, he keeps. They're running the, the scrape exchange for those who are unfamiliar. The edge defender just basically is saying, I'm taking the back. The linebacker replaces him he's waiting there for the quarterback if the quarterback keeps it they definitely got Jalen Hurts with that multiple times it's not a new thing like this was when again the chip I don't mean to mention Chip Kelly every other podcast but the Chip Kelly era we were talking about the scrape exchange but it seemed like the Colts had more success doing that than maybe other teams we saw try that this season yes uh very much so they're scrape exchanging and what's important when you play Hurts and the Eagles run is how you do it Right, the uh, the typical zone read run is okay. We're gonna potentially give it to the back. He's gonna follow the line going one way, and if you the, the unblocked defensive end, if you jump at that back right now, if you go flying at him, I the quarterback, I'm gonna pull the ball. I'm gonna keep it, and then I'm gonna try to run the opposite direction. Right, I'm gonna try to run ho- uh, horizontal. I'm gonna try to run the other way, run away from the linebackers, run towards the blocking receivers, the blocking cornerbacks. Well, one thing we love and we see from Hertz all the time on read option. If you go back in your mind to last year against the Saints game, when he absolutely broke Cameron Jordan's ankles, is that Hurts will, all right, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it. Nope, I keep it. And then instead of going horizontal, he'll take those two hard steps horizontal, stick his leg in the turf, and go straight up field. So yeah. if you're going to scrape exchange on him, oftentimes, the, okay, the defensive end goes and takes the back. I'm the linebacker. Now I'm playing Hurts. The the urgency, the 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 uh, instinct is let's get wide. Get wide, get wide, get wide. He's, he's, he's going to go outside, he's going to go outside. And as you're flowing wide, Bang! Hurts hits you right up the middle. You saw him try to do that on the uh, the the second goal play on which he lost yardage. The the Colts did a really nice job playing that that one out because the defensive end forces a give, and then they both play tight to that Hurts cut up field. They know that he likes to do that. That was a give read. That was a situation where even with the unblocked end st- uh, stepping down, you you have to have visibility and see that, that linebacker is coming over the top, and you have to give and say Boston Scott, just scoot, just go get vertical right now. Go get us two yards, get us closer on third and goal. Uh, so they played it that way. The other thing that they would do. Uh, is they would uh, have a blitzer coming off the the unblocked side, and then they would replace him with somebody coming uh, down from the second level, right? And what this means is that they're playing a lot of single high, and they're playing a lot of man. And you saw the Eagles take advantage of that on the Devontae Smith drive, where Hurst just starts throwing isolated balls, Devontae Smith, come back, Devontae Smith, come back, Devontae Smith, come back, right? Where they're saying, okay, if you're, you're going to give a single high and, 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 and all that, we're just going to we're gonna take our matchup. A.J. Brown versus Devon Gilmore. Brown could certainly win his, but we like... Devontae versus Brandon Thation, and deservedly so. Uh, they had good... They, I, I don't think this was a poorly called offensive game. I really don't. They mm-hmm. had they had execution issues. Uh, anytime they got in a third and long, they had a lot of trouble with the blitz. Kenny Gainwell, pass protection game, just really tough. Uh, and, and Hertz was not comfortable in the pocket. Colts did an awesome job of just muddy rushing, right? Where you're just... I'm not rushing to get to the quarterback. I'm just rushing to make him uncomfortable, and then I'm going to wait and see where he goes. I'm going to let him create his own pressure. And Hertz was very skittish in the pocket today. So when they were getting a third and long, they were in trouble. So the Colts were a little bit bend, no break, a little bit bend, don't break, and let the Eagles commit penalties. This was a, like, you know, this is the sort of day where the coaching staff is just, like, really frustrated with the refereeing crew. Because it's like, listen, I mean, if you're going to call offensive holding every time the quarterback leaves the pocket— and you're going to call illegal man downfield whenever we call an RPO, and you're going to call offensive passing interference when we run a pick play, that's 80% of our offense, Chief. <laughs> like, you know, and that's, that's why this Eagles offense is, a, like, simple and a little bit worrisome because of that. Because once you say, oh, no, like, we're getting OPIs on the pick plays, and we're getting illegal man downfield on the RPOs and on the screens, oh, man, our playbook got real thin real quick. That's yeah. a lot of what they do. Uh, they were, this, this third down game plan, man, 
every third and long. They did they did not like again, like I say, like like the Hurts drop back game. They just weren't really interested in it in this game. First and ten, they'd call a drop back pass because the Colts are expecting run. We have an advantageous look. Third and nine, they're calling ghost screen, all go RPOs. They're calling wide receiver screen. They're calling like a like on that third down before the failed fourth and ten. A lot of people said, "Oh, AJ Brown's wide open." It's called screen. It's a Boston Scott screen. They called screen on third and ten with AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. They really on third down thought they could get the Colts in in, in some advantageous looks to throw some screens and to get the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. And the Colts are just ready for every single one of them. So that I thought was was a poorly a poor a poor aspect of the offensive coaching staff's game plan. Other than that, they had good answers. They, 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 they got to the stuff they usually get to in these responses, and then they just had really bad penalties, and they were constantly put in, in first and long, constantly put in second and long. Then they'd get to third and long, and their third and long game plan wasn't great, and the Colts knew how to dial them up. Uh, and so that, that aspect of avoiding third and long was really important to this team, and that's why the, the failure of the running game was, was such a big deal, because they couldn't get to second and five as consistently as they liked to, constantly getting put in third and pass, and then in third and pass, the Colts were winning pretty much the whole game. Yeah, a lot of negative plays in this game. Hertz takes the sack that knocks them out of field goal range in the first quarter. Uh, they had a fourth and 10 in the third. I did not like him eating the ball there. Like, it's easy for me to say, and we'll see what the film shows, yeah. but it's like, just chuck it up and, and take a chance. An interception uh, actually works in your favor there. Otherwise, you're just turning the ball over. They had the red zone possession where Jason Kelsey has the bad snap. They lose yards there, and then they settle for a field goal. There was some questionable, I thought. We, we talked about 13 personnel uh, <laughs> last week. Uh, dur- dur- during the week, they went 13 personnel and then handed the ball off to Kenny Gainwell on third and two and got stuffed. They got stuffed. I even say, you know, you were mentioning, you know, third and medium and long, but a couple of these third and shorts were ugly. I mean, that was third and two. They got stuffed on a zone read on third and two in the third. That ended up being a three and out. There was the first play of the third quarter where Yannick Ngakwe uh, forces the fumble on Jalen Hurts. Now, what did you think there? I haven't seen the post-game uh reaction or, or explanations from the locker room. But that first play in the third quarter where Jalen Hurts is rolling out to his mm-hmm. right, I, I can't remember if they were doing like a throwback uh, play yep. or what, but Miles Sanders is trying to slow down Yannick Ngakwe. Jordan Mailata has, is sort of double teaming the same guy with Landon Dickerson. Did you think that was a uh, not how it's drawn up? Did you think, hey, you're just expecting Sanders to slow him down a little and the ball's got to be out? Or are you unsure kind of what happened there? Yeah, so the design of that play is is, is is this is what we're looking at. You've got Hertz gets the snap. The entire line immediately starts moving to their right. They let go of the, the edge rusher, and they give him to Miles Sanders. This is sprint out protection, right? So we're running a sprint out. Hertz is going to – he snaps the ball, he immediately starts running to his right. The whole offensive line's running to the right. They're running a sprint out, right? So they're going to run like A.J. Brown down the field, and they're going to run Quez Watkins on and out, and they're going to bring Devontae Smith late across the field. Everything's going to be flowing to the right. This is a clear sprint out. That's what they want you to believe. It's a trick, yeah. right? And so what they what they they do is instead of running that sprint out, they then have Quez turn and break all the way back to the other side of the field. So this is like one of those design trick plays, design throwback. Like if anybody knows tight end leak, like, leak, like yeah. all of Twitter's obsessed with leak. This is a play where everything is flowing one direction to try to get a guy wide open deep on the other side of the field. So Hertz's job is to roll out as if, okay, this is a sprint out, this is a sprint out, this is a sprint out. And then once he's established that threat, stop get to Quez, and throw the ball. In order for us to sell this, Sanders has to block the edge because this is sprint out, right? If we're, if we're showing sprint out, we, this is, it's Sanders blocking the edge. This is how it works, right? Okay, well, if you're going to fake sprint out and instead you're going to run this deep, this deep post across the field, this deep cross to Quez Watkins, Hertz has to know. Like, it's, it's, it's coached. Like, this was told to Hertz when this play was installed. You have to be able to feel behind you. You have to know that, you're, you're going to be receiving pressure from your back. You either have to get wide enough that he doesn't get to you in time, so far enough to the sideline, or you got to climb up. But you, it, if you watch Hurts, Hurts kind of, he gets to his spot, and then he just kind of like sits and like watches Quez. He has to understand that Sanders is going to lose that rep. Like, if Sanders wins that rep, sick, great job by Sanders. But when Sanders loses that rep, like in the running back's room on Monday, they're not going to be like, Miles, come on. They're right. be like, you know. It's Yannick you know. and Gakwe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's pushing him to the end zone. He's trying to like give room for Hurts to just climb up. And there's Hurts has so much room to step forward, which also like shortens the throw. So I chalk this down as 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 bad uh, pocket management by Hurts. 
the design is is bold. It's aggressive. Like first, in, it's the first play of the third quarter, and they go for like a huge shot play. It's a little bit like desperate. It's a little bit like we got to get it all back right now. I would have loved to see like a run because that that to me would have just been a little bit more in terms of setting us into the tone. But to me, that when I grade that, that goes down on on Hertz pa- on Hertz pocket presence. He has to understand that this play is a unique pocket. He's got to climb up or he's got to get wider. Other turnover, A.J. Brown had the fumble in the fourth quarter. That kind of felt like the Quez Watkins fumble from last week. Like when that happened, I was like, all right, you know, that that might be it uh, for them. But they come back from that one. Overall personnel usage, uh, not having Dallas Goddard. Jack Stoll plays 39 snaps. Calcaterra plays 15 snaps. And Tyree Jackson plays six snaps. And then if you look at the third wide receiver, Zach Pascal plays 24 snaps and Quez Watkins plays 22 snaps. So it was kind of like get all those guys uh, in there in some form or fashion. But uh, Stoll, just if you're just looking at who yeah. play, which tight end played the most snaps, it was Stoll. How many snaps did you have for Stoll? Uh, 39. Am I wrong? I'm, I'm looking at True Media. I've got him at 50. Miles Sanders mm-hmm. right below him on the list is 39. But okay, Stoll barely left the field. There, oh, they yeah. they I have no personnel updated. They have basically they have no personnel packages that don't have a tight end. All right, right let so, me try this again. Yeah, Jack Stoll had fifty snaps. Uh, Calcaterra had seventeen, and Tyree Jackson had seven. And then, if you're looking at the third wide receiver, Quez Watkins had thirty-two, and Zach Pascal had twenty-six. So, were you surprised by any of that uh, personnel usage to, I guess, replace Dallas Goddard? I would have told you Pascal's going to out snap Quez. Uh, they used Quez, uh, and then Quez had a good game, right? Quez had two receptions for 31 yards, which is like a hugely above average Quez game this season. He's like five games with no catches, um, and had, had had the touchdown, and, and it was an important play. I think his other and catch he was went flexing. for a first down. He, yeah, he was he feeling flexing himself. on. I forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, his other catch went for a first down <laughs> if memory serves. Uh, and so they they trusted Quez, and Quez responded to them, which is really nice. Uh, it, it, Quez stepping in more into the role of the third target with Goddard gone would be valuable. That would be the best possible option, better than Pascal, better than, than, uh, than stole. Of course, you know, uh, he has two targets, Smith and AJ uh, Brown combined have 16 targets of the team's 23 total targets. So he's not going to get the Dallas Goddard piece of the pie, right? This is going to be a Devontae Smith and AJ Brown team for the foreseeable future. Um, but still, Quez being able to return on his targets way that he did very, very good. So not, uh, uh, surprised by by the amount of Quez. Happy with the happy with the performance of Quez. Tight ends. I mean, like, yeah, it. That's a lot of snaps <laughs> for Grant Calcaterra, Jack Stoll, and Tyree Jackson. Man, that is a lot of snaps. Um, there one failed. total target among the three of them for seven yep. yards. That it's not their the tight failed, end production you were getting. Yeah, their failed third and two uh, is R- flat RPO. Uh, inside zone flat RPO with uh, with 13 personnel with three tight ends. They have, uh, I believe it was Tyree and Stoll in the formation, right, on the line of scrimmage. And then they have uh, Calcaterra as like an H-back, like a fullback, right? The moment a opposing defensive coordinator sees 81, 80, and 89, or is that the numbers? Yeah, the moment they right. see those three in the huddle, they go, okay, they're not throwing it. They're not throwing it. Like they, and if they throw it, okay. Like, we're just not scared enough of this. Like, even on third and two, they play action pass us, and they get, like, they get Calcaterra to the flat. Or it's a five-yard gain. All right, you know, we'll take, we'll take first and ten. They're not going to, like, kill us with a deep play action shot out of this. Like, it's just so many teams in the league need to add blockers to the personnel, add tight ends to the field, get blocking wide receivers on the field in order to run the football. Look at the Bengals. Like, for the Bengals to run the football, like, they have to get – extra blockers on the field. The Rams, they have to get blockers on the field. The Eagles are one of the few teams that doesn't need to do this. They are a spread-to-run team. They can run the football without blockers on the field because they have Jalen Hurts. He makes the numbers work. So when you bring three tight ends onto the field, you're neutering yourself. You're killing your own advantage. What you do well, you are you are stepping out of to step into something that you don't do as well. That's more clear, more intelligible for the defense to defend. So if they're going to go 12, 13 personnel, they should do it to pass because doing it to run, it's, it's just not as effective as their actual real quarterback running game out of spread formations. So to be in that set on third and two is just like jaws music, man. I just looked at it and I was (laughs) like, there's no chance this goes well. And yeah, Colts immediately play run and get a stop in the backfield. So they did uh, play a lot Oh, 11 personnel, 83.6% of the time, which I think was their highest percentage or second 
highest percentage, but they did sprinkle in the 12 and 13, seven snaps of 12 personnel, three plays of 13 personnel. I can't imagine that those numbers are going to increase in the weeks ahead, but we will see. All right. Defense, Benjamin, they allowed 284 yards, 14 first downs. Uh, this was their highest. We've talked about, again, EPA versus success rate. EPA is more turnover reliant. Success rate is just, you know, what percentage of snaps did you have a positive outcome? This was their highest defensive success rate of the season. So uh, the defense really did play well. Now, this is the 32nd offense in DVOA that they were facing. So you should play well against them. The, the first possession was terrible. The Colts go uh, right down the field there. But after that, 10 possessions, and then the Eagles don't allow a touchdown on any of those 10 possessions. They, they allow three field goals. One of those field goal drives was a 22-yard drive, and one of those field goal drives was a five-yard drive. So uh, they did a good job. 11 total possessions, four punts, three field goals, a fumble, a touchdown, a missed field goal, and a turnover on downs. The run game, Colts only run 26 times. For 99 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. If you look at success rate, this was the Eagles' second-best defensive performance of the season. They get their def new defensive lineman on the field right away. Linvel Joseph plays 24 snaps, and Damakon yeah. Sue plays 16 snaps. So uh, what did you make of those additions and what the Eagles did defensively? Uh, yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Linvel and Sue signings. It was after Hilarious. last pod, yeah. Yeah. No, we I, I, did we get Linvel? I think we got Linvel. We didn't get Sue. Yeah. I think. Uh regardless. Yeah. Hilarious stuff. I love this. <laughs> I just the fact that that like ah, like all right, Davis is down. Let's try to figure it out. And they put in like Marlin and Marvin. And they're like, oh shoot, these guys aren't good. Who could have known? <laughs> who are the biggest names that are still in the defensive tackle market? Bring them in. And who do you want? Linval or McDonald and Sue? Both of them. <laughs> it's just, just this is the greatest Hargrave Fletch Sue and Linval Joseph is the greatest <laughs> defensive line 2016 has ever. Put Robert together, Quinn, man. throw Robert Quinn. Right, Robert there. Quinn. Oh, my, unbelievable! <laughs> um, the both of them played better than I thought they would. Sue looked yeah. good. Sue looked good. Yeah. Uh, what have they been doing? I was shocked yeah. that they played this many snaps. They have they, 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 oh, they played a game Lin, all Linval, season. Linval, Linval took 22 snaps at nose. All right, like Fletch took like <laughs> one, and Hargrave took three. The fact that they were all week were like, we don't know how much they're going to be able to play. And then for the snap one, they were like, Linval, please solve the problem. Linval, <laughs> please solve the run defense problem. Very funny. Linval played well. Uh, I, I, and, and the nice thing is that he is more polished than Davis, uh, than Jordan Davis is, right? So a lot of times, like, Davis would win the rep, but, like, not get the tackle. Like, he would, like, just get a hit, and, like, somebody have to kind of clean it up for him. Linval does, like, a really nice job. Like, he knows to keep linebackers clean. He's very, very polished. So Linval was an impact player for them. And then Sue, uh, the ability to kind of fill in the uh, the the three-technique snaps, let Hargrave pay a little bit more on the inside part of the rotation. Like, yeah, Sue looks Sue looks Sue looked good last time he played for the Bucks. He's not what he, what he used to be, but he, he's, he's solid. Um, this, is a, this is a hat tip to Gannon game. Gannon called a good game. That first drive was really worrisome, man. The Colts walked on that first drive. They're running, they're running uh, what we call nub sets. All the wide receivers to one side of the formation, just a tight end on the other side of the formation. And what that does for a zone team like the Eagles is it means that a cornerback has to stay over that tight end, right? He's not going to go travel with the rest of the receivers because they're playing zone. So he's just going to kind of hang on his side of the field. Uh, and so you just had, you said James Bradbury just kind of hanging in the box, lined up with the linebackers. Here we go. And then they just ran straight at him, right? They're, 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 all right. Anytime the Eagles went four down, they're like, yep, nub set and run, nub set and run, make the corners tackle, make the corners tackle, which is good offensive game planning. They were struggling with that. They they called a blitz uh, on third down. They called a little blitz with TJ Edwards and immediately got burned on a long cat, uh, catch and run Michael Pittman on the first drive. And I was like, oh, they're not going to blitz the rest of the game. <laughs> this is so bad. We're in trouble. He did a really nice job. He, he ran five-man fronts. Out of four, uh, out of four down personnel, right? It's kind of hiding and changing what you're doing. They ran a lot of run blitz on early downs. Charles Davis did call that out on the broadcast for yeah. all of Charles Davis's defensive pass interference comments aside. On the broadcast, did a very nice job identifying uh, Eagles are run blitzing here. They're changing the front. They're stunting gaps, switching guys. Josiah Scott on the blitz. Uh, that 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 was very high quality. They came in with a lot more solutions to the running game issues than they entered the Washington game with. Very big deal. Paid for it a little bit in the defensive backfield. Uh, you know, some some vacated zones in the second level. 
Uh, Josiah Scott beat a couple times that Paris Campbell deep throw, right? Like, you know, they did pay for it. Uh, but overall, new to the main threat, Jonathan Taylor, offense not getting the ball, time of possession issues. And then they asked their defensive backfield to win for them and gave up some. But boy, tightened down the hatches when they needed to. That red zone stop was awesome coverage. Really good job once they got to first and goal. Uh, and then, yeah, defensive line did enough disruption. Once Matt Ryan had to hold and pad the ball for a second, Hassan Reddick sack, Brandon Graham sack, and he sealed the game away. Uh, flowers to John Gannon for this one. Not perfect. Still some plays, man, where you're like, brother, <laughs> come on. Uh, but he, he came with a lot more tools in the tool chest than he previously had. And glad to see it. And to just, I mean, I know they're veterans, but to just, you know, they joined the team midweek and they're playing that many snaps and are an asset and not a liability that, yeah, the defense kept them in the game. I mean, this was, again, you have to take the opponent into account. This was the worst offense in the NFL per DVOA, but they, I mean, if the defense has any more lapses, they don't win this game. I mean, they kept them in the game, 10 straight possessions without allowing a touchdown. They come through huge down the stretch. Uh, your boy, Marcus Epps, forcing that Jonathan Taylor fumble in the fourth quarter. That was huge. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson with the tackle for loss. And then Milton Williams has the sack to force a long field goal in the third quarter. You mentioned the Hassan Reddick sack, uh, the third down sack to force a field goal. The last drive, they blitz uh, TJ Edwards on second down. Then Brandon Graham gets a win on third down. I think Javon Hargrave had a nice rush on that play too. So the Colts, like you mentioned, the Colts got the ball back with 120 left and a timeout needing a field goal to win the game and the defense shut them out and you really didn't have to uh, sweat it out at all. So a uh, very nice performance by the defense. Next up, they'll have what the Packers and then the Titans. So listen, the Packers offense is, is not a great uh, offense. The Titans offense looked great on Thursday night. Both those teams played. So we'll see how they look there. All right. Some last notes I had. Siri, you, how about, were you, were you watching Sirianni on the sideline? Yeah. At the oh. end there. Holy cow, he was going nuts. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. He was jumping on the bench. And at first I thought he was in yelling at Colts fans, but then there were like a bunch of Eagles fans right there. Now he might have been yelling at Colts fans, but then when he came off the bench, jumped down, I mean, he had a maniacal, intense look on his face in his post-game press conference. He brought up Frank Reich right away. I think someone said it was the second question. And so uh, Sirianni is not going to describe this as an ugly win or anything like that. He's going to describe this in the vein of, uh, quote unquote, it's hard to win in the NFL and we won a game on the road and we're nine and one. So uh, he was happy about that for sure. Yeah, the celebration on the bench with the Eagles fans and then the presser. Little yeah. tearful. I love Frank Reich. I love always love Frank Reich. Which yeah. listen to the Philly special. We will not get game predictions right ever. We will get no. Nick Sirianni post game presser behavior exactly correct. However, just laser focus on the things that matter. You, if you're listening, you really should start fading us with our Eagles picks against the spread. I mean, this has been rough. I haven't done a thing of like my record with every team, but the Eagles have to be my worst team picking against the spread this season. I cannot get a game right to save my life. Although, you know what? I'm struggling with uh, most of my picks the last two weeks, so we don't need to talk about that. Uh, the turnover lock. You know, they answered the question in the pal Turn lock. Luck has nothing to do with it. We're practicing this stuff every week. We make this an emphasis. I love coaches. They're hilarious. Like no other coaching staff uh, thinks that we don't want to turn the ball over and we want to produce turnovers. Well, the turnover luck catching up with them here for sure in the last uh, couple of weeks. And, um, you know, that will probably be more of a factor. Maybe it'll settle in a little bit somewhere in between. But you weren't going to be able to keep up that pace that you had through the first eight weeks of the season. So, uh, going forward, I don't know. My, my big things are, let's see what answers they come up with on offense. Cause this has been, uh, th this was not a good offensive game overall. They did what they needed to do in the fourth quarter. They need to come up with plan B's not having Dallas Scotter. They need to come up with, uh, plan B's or plan C's with the run game. Uh, not that, not to use the old, it's a copycat league, but certainly some of the tactics that the Colts used and the way they implemented them, I'm sure other teams will take notice of. So that's kind of my, you know, big concern going forward. Like, is this offense just going to, there's been so many times we've come on here after games this year and been like, or I write in my notes, oh, that looked really easy. They're just going 75 yards <laughs> before you even blink. And, you know, they're, they've got 24 points at halftime. Well, all right, it's a different scenario here. The last 
two weeks. So what are your answers? How do you handle Goddard's absence? What does it look like? I think that's my big thing going forward. But listen, in terms of just the results in the win and the loss column, as uh, what did I name the first guy? Daryl. As Daryl pointed out at the top of the show, you get a Vikings loss. So now you're really, you know, you're a game ahead of them in the playoff seating. But really, it's two games because you've got the tie break uh, on them. And then the Giants lose. And so you pick up a game on the Giants here. And the Cowboys look really impressive. But you've got a couple game lead on the Cowboys. So if you just want to look at the standings and the results, uh, not a bad Sunday for the Eagles. What else is on your mind as we look forward here? Very interested to figure out what they do with with uh, with the Goddard absence. The like the Colts are a good running game, but I think they need more. They need they need to relook at like all right, what can we and can we not be in the running game, the handoff game especially without Dallas Goddard? Because I feel like they were very scared to just hand the football off until that last drive uh, without without Goddard in there, which I think is a big deal. Uh, so that is a big question mark to me. I'm curious to see what Slay looks like the rest of the year. Slay has not mm. been amazing the yeah, last two last weeks. Couple of weeks, yeah. Long season, older player. Uh, this, uh, you know, this house of cards fumbles a little bit off uh, if they uh, if they don't get good play from from Slay. James Bradbury, lockdown man. Alec Pierce <laughs> hitch and go up against the sideline. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm very curious to see if defensively they continue to. This was the most positive I felt about like defensive innovation. Uh, I think all season. So very excited to see if, like, you know, they, this, these Eagles defense was very simple. The offense was very simple. The defenses get some little uh, invention with necessity as the mother of invention. And I'm curious if, if the, uh, if that continues and if the offense picks up with that as well. But like I say, like uh, very, it's, it, it's a simple approach on both sides of the ball. So if, if they continue to have iffy offensive games, then it's going to be important for the staff to show they've got more stuff up their sleeves. Uh, and that'll be the main thing to watch next upcoming weeks, win or lose, just kind of what, what is the quality and the, and the changes along the offense look like? We will talk about it midweek. It's Thanksgiving week. We haven't discussed what we're doing, but we'll have a podcast at some point. Man, I'll maybe, maybe do a Wednesday, maybe give it to you a day uh, earlier this week. They've got the Packers at home Sunday night next week. So we will talk about what the film showed, what the storylines are this week, what that matchup against the Packers looks like in the middle of this week. All right. Thank you to Benjamin Solak. I am Shiel Kapadia. We will be back midweek. Thank you for listening to the Ringers Philly Special.